0: This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 126 with Melissa Silva. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 126. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. This episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is brought to you by Aptiv. Aptive is an app that brings your workouts right into your earbuds by syncing the motivational guidance of a personal trainer with the perfect playlist to bring you an elevated on-demand audio fitness experience. Melissa de Silva is a clinical social worker and founder of the group practice East Coast Mental Wellness in Providence, Rhode Island. She serves as an individual and couples therapist, as well as a group facilitator. She has spent many years working in schools as a school social worker and has an upcoming podcast titled Pride Connections. Melissa is an expert in the field of transgender topics and works with many trans and non-binary youth to provide support services through their transition. She collaborates with outside providers to ensure comprehensive care for those who wish to pursue physical transition. Melissa enjoys working with clients on LGBTQ topics, academic issues, bipolar Disorder and personality disorders. She also has experience supporting clients with anxiety, depression, and life transitions. Her practice is welcoming toward all genders and sexualities, as well as poly and kink couples. She uses a variety of approaches in her therapy, including pet therapy, meditation, and places a lot of focus on sleep and nutritional health. While Melissa isn't running her business, she is creating art and selling it at local markets. So I was really excited to get Melissa on the show. I met Melissa in the Philippines on my recent trip, and I'm fascinated by her work, and I also think it is such important work. I love that she is focusing on transgender youth in her practice. I just think there is so much work to be done to help us all have a better understanding of what different people's experiences are, the way people feel in their own bodies, and what all these definitions are in relationship to gender and sexuality. And Melissa does a beautiful job of, as you'll see on the podcast today, she does a beautiful job of helping people understand what all of these words mean, because there's a lot of new terminology. And she also does a really great job, you know, helping to demystify some of this, because some of us have very little exposure to some of the new titles and I want to say trends. Trends is not the right word, but some of the new things that we are seeing much more commonly. And so there's people who have been living in secret, who have been hiding a lot of who they really feel they truly are at their core. And now we're seeing that it is a lot more acceptable to be who you are and to be the person that you were born as. And Melissa's really facilitating a lot of conversations and paving the way for people to be able to have better communication with their family and friends, as we all have different experiences with our own gender and sexuality. So listening to hear Melissa share what all of these definitions are what do all the letters mean that was my one of my first questions so you know it used to be LGBT and then it was LGBTQ and now it's LGBTqqiA so <laughs> Melissa is going to explain what all those letters mean they're all different and they're all important she's also going to talk about the terms cisgender non-binary gender expansive and gender fluid and explain to us what that all means you're gonna have like a whole new vocabulary when you're done with this episode she's going to talk about the difference between sex and gender she's going to explain sexual orientation and gender and talk about how you can explain that to kids in really simple terms so that you can start having these conversations with your children because your children probably will have some exposure at school to children who are different than them in many ways. And that can happen in a lot of different ways. It's not just in terms of gender and sexual orientation, but these are great ways to start having conversations about people who maybe learn differently, who express themselves differently and all those kinds of things, which is just so, so valuable. She's also going to talk about how you can be supportive and how you and your family can be supportive of LGBTQ children. She's gonna talk about how you can be supportive if you suspect your child might fall under one of the categories in that in LGBT in the LGBT community. She's going to talk about how you can ask someone about their sexual orientation or gender expression without being awkward and uncomfortable and potentially offensive. And she's going to talk about the use of gender pronouns and how to use them correctly and appropriately, again, so that you can be sensitive to not offending people and not stepping on toes and really just being as supportive as you can be if you know that someone is maybe expressing themselves as they truly feel they are on the inside, but maybe it's a little differently than what you are seeing on the outside or what you've historically seen from this person on the outside. So you are in to learn a lot in this episode. And I'm just so grateful that Melissa was here to share so openly and really thoroughly with all of this information. So before we dive in with Melissa, I do want to encourage you to share this information, to share this episode. I think that this is a really powerful conversation and something that can help so many people. So I would really Invite you to help me spread the word, help Melissa spread the word, help Melissa's mission, because you will be helping so many other children, families, and just other people who are looking to have a better understanding of what this terminology means and how they can be supportive of people in their life who maybe express themselves differently in ways that some of us don't understand or have a very clear understanding of yet. So you can share this episode by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 126 and sharing from there, you'll get a link, or you can go to any of our social media channels on Facebook or Instagram at the Shameless Mom Academy, and the episode will be posted there and you can share from there. But please do share this episode, as I think it's a really important conversation, and I think it's one that will bring a lot of value and a lot of support to a lot of different people and a lot of families and a lot of children. So thank you. And now let's go ahead and dive in with Melissa. Melissa De Silva, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I am so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. You're like my new fun friend. As adults, you don't get to have new fun friends very often. So I'm so excited that we're new fun friends.
1: And I love how you like talked about me being in the ocean (sighs) and how we met. (laughs)
0: Totally, totally. So for those of you who listened to the episode when I went to the Philippines and now I have to look up the episode number really quick. It was just a recent one, but Melissa was my first friend that I made at tropical think tank when I was in the Philippines and we met in the ocean. So I talked about it in episode one eleven. I talked about that experience, but I talked about like going to a place where you don't know anyone. And, and I'm always, I think I said this in the episode, I'm always like, I don't really need new friends. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) But it always happens. Like I meet someone the first day and I'm like, okay, well they're actually like super cool. So I guess I'll be their friend.
1: (laughs) Yes, it was just meant to be. It was like, so magical in right, the water right. amongst the fish. <laughs> yes.
0: That was such a fun trip. That is when I got my 15-minute sunburn.
1: Yes. <laughs> when we were standing
0: in the ocean and I was like, so I don't have any sunscreen on, so I need to go back under my umbrella. This is like great conversation, but I'm going to need to excuse myself. Yes. <laughs> and my legs, we've been home for three weeks now, right? Yeah. My legs are still peeling. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I I know. I did a really good job. You did. So I'm delighted to have you here. I'm really, really excited about this topic because it's something we have not touched on really at all in the Shameless Mom Academy, but there is a huge need for conversation around this. So I'm really, really looking forward to you giving us some knowledge. And I already told Melissa when I sent her some potential questions for this interview, I said, you might have to correct me on things because I don't quite know all the right words, and I might say the wrong thing, and I might be offensive unintentionally. So I'm looking forward to you helping us just with a lot of understanding and definitions, because there's a lot of definitions that people don't understand. But I'm also putting it out there that like, please correct me on anything that I say that is incorrect, offensive, or anything else.
1: And you know, I think that's a good way to go into like really any conversation with somebody new if they identify as non-binary or transgender, or you may not even know. right? And just being out for it and say, I'm sorry if I offend you in any way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a great point. And I'll tell you a little bit about an experience I had with that recently as we get into this. So let's go ahead and start with the dynamics of your personal and professional life. Tell us about your life a little bit beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now.
1: So I do like a zillion things and I'm always busy but one of the things that I enjoy doing is art. I would say that I'm an artist. And something that I do is what we call upcycling. So I just take junk off the side of the the road and make something awesome out of it. Nice. So my therapy office is 80% of all recycled materials. Oh my gosh, so cool. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't have a dining room. We just have an art studio that used to be a dining room. And that's pretty much where I hang out most of the time when I'm not in private practice or out in schools. Nice. Oh, that's so cool. Very cool. Yeah.
0: And you have to tell us about your new passion project.
1: My new passion project is my new podcast called Pride Connections. Yes. And it came about because I'm a private practice therapist. And I work with the LGBT community. And I specialize in that. And what I was finding is that a lot of the clients that I have have some great things that they're doing and they're doing things that are so inspiring. And I get to hear all these, these ideas and I get to listen to their journey, but I can't share that with anybody. And I know there's other people out there that would be interested in that. Yeah. And so I decided like, why not do a podcast where I can talk to other people And we can all connect together on these great ideas and meet these great people who are inspiring others in the field.
0: I love that. And I think that in the process, you can help members of the LGBTQIA, and we're going to talk about all those letters in a minute. You can help members of that community, but you can also help people outside of the community have a better understanding of what all of this new terminology, because it's new to me, but I think there's just a lot of new things being brought to light among the... What's the right word for non-heterosexual? Is that non-binary?
1: Non-binary would be somebody who does not identify either as male or female. No, I was wrong. See, I'm already messing it up. So it could be in the cisgender
0: world. Okay, so cisgender would be in the heterosexual community.
1: Yes, so cisgender is like the outside matches the inside. Okay. Because cis is Latin for same. Okay. And heterosexual has to do with sexual orientation. Yeah, it's kind of funky because when you talk about LGBT, LGB is sexual orientation. T is different.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm trying to make notes, but there's so many questions going through my head that I can't even like write things
1: down. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) So let's go right into that then. So we have LGBT. So I'll tell you what I know. So L is lesbian, G, gay, B, bisexual, T, transgender, Q, queer. Tell us about I and A because these are the unknowns for a lot of people.
1: And some people stick another Q in there for questioning. Okay. I is intersex and A is for asexual. Okay. So some of
0: us probably know some of those definitions, but can you give just a little definition for each of those letters so that we all are on the same page?
1: Sure. So lesbian is typically referred to uh, female identifying people who date and are sexually attracted to other female identifying individuals. Gay is typically used for male identifying individuals who are attracted to other bisexual is somebody who is attracted to either gender. There's also pansexual, which they don't put in that long letters, which is somebody who is attracted to any gender and that can include uh, bisexual and transgender. Okay. So that's interesting. Yeah. Pansexual and then transgender. And that is transgender. There's no ed at the end. Some people make that mistake and say transgendered, but it's just transgender. And that's somebody who their outside appearance or what people see as their gender does not match how they identify inside. And with kids, it's you can use it as your brain and your heart doesn't match what's on the outside. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you might feel or think like a boy, but you appear as a girl. Mm. And then transgender can also be abbreviated to trans. And you might see trans with the little asterisks. And that is more of like a umbrella term, and that can cover non-binary, gender fluid, sometimes gender queer or queer. And so it's a whole bunch of different terminology. But so then uh, Q can be for queer, and that used to be like a derogatory word, but now it's been taken back as an empowered word. And this can be people who do not identify as that traditional but in the heterosexual or in the binary areas in okay. life. So like there's so much there, right? <laughs> yeah. So queer
0: is a little bit of an umbrella then. Because yeah. It's not necessarily specific to like you could be queer and lesbian. Yep.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Okay. okay. That's what I thought.
1: And with LGB, again, that is your sexual orientation. When transgender has nothing to do with sexual orientation, you can be transgender okay. and gay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which,
0: that's an important distinction. Yep. But you aren't necessarily, like, I fell into the media hoopla with Caitlyn Jenner, watched some conversations that she had around that, which was super interesting, talking about, like, what does this mean? Like, if I'm now identifying as a female, does that mean I'm no longer allowed to be attracted to females? Or if I do, does that mean I'm a lesbian? Like, the whole thing was super fascinating, because it's a lot to navigate.
1: Yeah. And then we have questioning. Questioning. So there are some people who, you know, may not feel that they're cisgender or that they're heterosexual, but are still kind of questioning and feeling out their world. Intersex. We used to use the term hermaphrodite, which is not a word we use anymore. Uh, Okay. But intersex is somebody that can be born with two sets of genitalia and they might not both be fully formed, but it's just not one genitalia in the other. So this could mean like the child is born with extended clitoris and that might be considered as intersex. So there's like a spectrum of intersex too. And then asexual is somebody who does not find anybody sexually attractive.
0: But they identify as the gender that they were born in. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay.
1: Or they could be transgender and asexual too.
0: Okay. Yep. Yep. But you wouldn't be lesbian or gay. No, nope. so and be. I feel like in my head there's like arrows going in a lot right? of directions. There's, right, there's now.
1: probably we probably should do an infographic.
0: <laughs> I know, totally. No, that was that actually would be awesome. Yeah, that was super helpful going through all of that. And there's people who are probably going to have to like rewind and listen to it a second time to let it sink in a little bit.
1: Yeah, and you know, I can give you a list that kind of explains all of them. Oh, too. cool. And yeah. then it's also this great graphic where it's a unicorn and it shows like six different lines and it's almost like a sliding scale. And you can put on there, like it will say male and female, and you can put a little check on where you feel closer to. And then you can kind of see like, oh, I might be feeling closer to male and then I might be attracted to females, but then, you know, I might identify, you know, like I'll send that to, it's a really cool tool.
0: Oh, Interesting. Yeah. I would be very interested in seeing that. Is it a link to something? Like, if it's a link, I can put it up in the show notes. Yeah, I believe it's a link. Okay, cool. Yeah, then definitely. So you can send that, to, and we'll link it in the show notes. And then that will be over at shamelessmom.com if you click on episode 126. So you work exclusively then? So would you say the whole thing every time you say it, LGBTQIA community?
1: No, I just use what do you say? LGBT.
0: Okay. I wanted to make sure I was being politically correct. <laughs> so do you work exclusively with the LGBT community?
1: No, I don't. And it was just when I grew up and I wanted to be a school social worker. I went to school, I studied it, I got to be a school social worker. I was always a part of the gay community, just in life, like it's always been a part of my heart and soul. And it wasn't until I had a student that was starting a transition. And they texted me one night and said, Miss, where can I get a binder and a packer? And I'm thinking, well, probably at your local post office, but that's not what they meant. They meant a binder to bind their breasts down and a packer, which is a fake penis that you put in your underwear if you are presenting as male and you were born female-bodied. So at that point, I was like, oh, well, I probably should know more about this. (laughs) Yeah. And so then I realized a lot of people don't know about this stuff. And it wasn't until the other day I realized, like, I've always been interested in transgender needs. I think it was back in the 90s when Hilary Swank did that movie, Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. And that's when, like, I was really interested and I read the book about it and all this stuff. And so I always feel like that was, like, it's always been a part of me. There was something in me that always knew that I needed to be a part of this community. And so since then, I've just been really studying, going to conferences, things like that, and really learn about the field of transgender.
0: This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to aquatrue.com. That's A Q U A T R U.com and enter the code shameless at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use the code shameless, S H A M E L E S S. AquaTrue.com code shameless. Oh, that's so interesting. So before the interview, I sent you our questions and I said, I'm referenced in something in there. And I said, this is interesting work that you do in light while you identify as heterosexual. And you corrected me and you were like, actually I'm not heterosexual. I'm bisexual. And because when you meet someone on a beach yep. and then you spend five days with them at a conference talking about entrepreneurship, like this just never comes up. And I was like, Oh, I was like, well, I know she's married, so she must be heterosexual. So this was like great little learning experience that I had right before yeah. our conversation. So talk a little bit about your own sexual orientation and How it kind of has been a part of your work or not, or maybe been something that's made you more invested in your work, potentially? Now, I got to tell
1: you, my husband kind of had the same reaction when I said, like, yeah, I'm bisexual. (laughs) And he was like,
0: what? (laughs) How long was he already your husband when you said that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We had been married for like four years. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Well, okay, so now talk to us about all of
1: that. (laughs) So in the process of studying this field, I learned that your sexuality isn't just in stone it can evolve over your lifespan. And I think with working with this field, I realized like, hey, you know what? I am attracted to other women. And you know, it's not a thing. And I think because I never thought it was like a thing, I never really identified it. And so when I was like really thinking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, you know? If I was attracted to a woman before my husband, I would, yeah, definitely be in a long-term relationship with them. So it wasn't forefront of my mind. Right. And so, you know, with my husband, we can check out women. It's not an issue.
0: So he was not threatened by that?
1: No, no, not at all. I mean, he joked about it a little bit. He was like, oh, my yeah. bisexual wife. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, That's awesome.
0: That's interesting. And I mean, I think a lot of men would be threatened by that or uncomfortable with that or like, Potential issue of like, well, what does that mean, and what does that mean for our marriage? And I don't know. I feel like it could be.
1: And some people think like, oh, bisexual. Oh my gosh, you must want to have sex with everybody. That's not the case. (laughs) No,
0: no, no. That's kind of like guys not wanting to share bathrooms with a gay men because they just assume that like, if you're gay, you want to be with every man. Or and the same thing with a lesbian. You like, yeah. No, just because you enjoy the same sex does not mean you enjoy every single person of the same
1: sex. Exactly, exactly. And it was just never like a thing. Like I had to be like, oh my gosh, it's a shame. Like I find this other woman attractive. Oh my gosh, I have a girl crush. Like it was just, you know, it just wasn't ever a thing. And then I kind of just put a label on it and you know, it's still really not a thing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So you became conscious of that after you already were involved in this work then. Yeah. It wasn't that that consciousness drew you into the work.
1: No, and maybe that's why I always felt drawn to the community. Yeah. Just because like I was a part of the community. I didn't really know yeah. it, I guess. Right. And then Interesting. I do disclose that in the beginning of my therapy sessions with new clients because okay. it's something that I think they feel that they should know. Because if you're yeah. going to see a clinician and you identify as LGBTQI, you don't want to spend your time sitting there thinking, well, is she, is she not, you know, does she really know? Right. So right. I just the school's right at the front is like I identify as bisexual. I am married to a man, and usually that just like settles things down because right. one of my first clients, like five sessions in, was just like, "I just have a question about the colors you use and your website." And that, at that point, I was like, "Man, she must be thinking about this for a long time." So from then right. on, I was just like, "Self disclosure. This is who I am."
0: That's really interesting. I actually went to a therapist and I felt like she had kept her personal life completely out of our therapy sessions, which I think is generally what therapists do. I think that's kind of like the rule. Yes. But there was times when I felt I was like, if I just knew her a little bit, I think I would feel a little bit more comfortable being more vulnerable or having this be a more intimate relationship. Exactly. Exactly. And when I say intimate, I don't mean sexual, I just mean like being vulnerable and like really feeling comfortable exposing myself. Mm-hmm. And I felt like when it had to be 100% about me and I, cause I did give this some thought. I was like, is this just like, I'm not good at doing therapy. And I was like, <laughs> no, like, I think it's when it's a hundred percent about me. I'm a little bit uncomfortable with like the other person. Like I need a few percent from the other yes, person yes, to know, you like
1: need that connection.
0: Right. And we actually had a conversation at one point I was talking about, my son and I was like, I mean, this was, I feel like I'd been going to her for months. And I was like, do you have kids? And I was like, I feel like I should know that. Like if I'm coming (laughs) in here and one of the biggest issues in my life is like, I have a child and my husband and I are trying to figure out if we want to have another one. It's significant to me whether or not that person has ever been through that experience or can relate as a parent. Yes. Not that it would disqualify them from the job, but it's significant that I just know if they understand that on like from their own experience. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I really like that you disclosed that. I think that that probably builds a totally different level of trust than if you were just like, I'm the therapist and it's not about me. It's all about you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think and that's what we're taught in school, too. And you have to really think about the self-disclosure. Is it going to be useful? And I have found that it's been more useful than damaging to the therapeutic relationship. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I want to go back to terms for a minute because some of the questions coming up, and I want to make sure. So non-binary is, remind me what non-binary is. So non-binary. Oh, it's when the outside and the inside don't match. Nope. I'm quizzing myself. Nope, (laughs) that's transgender. Uh, (laughs) Oh, see? uh,
1: So non-binary, and this is a big spectrum too, is people who do not feel that they fit in either binary of male or female. And I work with several people who identify as non-binary and we typically use pronouns, they, them, and that's, you know, what they're comfortable with. They let me know what pronouns they want to use. And, and it's not like in the middle because a lot of times people will think of that Saturday night live character, Pat. It's not really like, what is it, androgynous pat, where you can't figure out if pat's a male or a female. Right. So non-binary, somebody can feel more masculine one day, and the next day they may feel more feminine, and some days they might feel neither, Mm. that there is no gender that matches how they feel. Interesting. And there are some non-binary identifying people who will be born with female genitalia. And through the process, they might see that, you know, the breasts don't match with who they are. So they might have top mm-hmm. surgery they have their breasts removed and, you know, they still identify as non-binary because now, you know, they still don't want to fully transition to male because that's not who they are. And they don't want to transition to female because that's not who they are either. And sometimes okay. uh, non-binary people will take hormone. To match how their gender, how they identify with their gender. Okay. So again, it's a big umbrella. <laughs> right. Big okay. Spectrum.
0: Okay. And so non-binary is referencing gender. Yeah. And so it's kind of like no gender. Yes. Ish. Yeah. Okay. Which keeping the term straight, they both that start like non-binary, no gender. There's they both start with N. Yeah. So that helps <laughs> me. That helps yeah. me remember that one. So then what's gender expansive? Because this was a new one to me.
1: Yes. Yeah. So gender expansive is when so I like to use the example of you have a child and they are born with male parts and they identify as male. Even growing up as a little child, they'll say that, yes, I am a little boy, but sometimes they enjoy wearing dresses or they may want to wear makeup or they want to play with dolls, but yet they still want to play with He-Man. So it doesn't mean that their inside does not match their outside. They are just expansive in their expression.
0: Gender. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they identify as their birth gender. Yep.
1: Their natal gender.
0: But sometimes their behavior is more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they're, they're just very much more open and fluid with how, you know, they do things. And I think that society tends to put a stop to that pretty quick, like oh boys yeah. don't wear dresses or boys don't cry right. do boys don't cry, girls don't right. play with G i Joe, but when you parent and allow them just to express who they are, you may find that they are more ex- expressive than you might have thought
0: right, so our friends got married last year, and then they had this big wedding reception this last summer, a little bit after the wedding, and so it's this big gay wedding with I always say with these friends, our friends, Paul and Michael, who we just adore, I always say that we're their really boring heterosexual friends, because when we go to any of their events, we're Often one of very few heterosexual couples there. And I feel like our lives are just like really boring in comparison. And a lot of them are very involved in the arts community and just always doing really amazing, fabulous things. Yes. And I'm like, and then I'm like, we're just kind of boring people who like work or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, but anyway, so we go to their wedding and Vinny at the time was really into, he'd just been given this fairy costume from this little girl who's a little older than him, who's handed it down to him. So he over his like khakis and polo shirt to wear to this wedding reception. He put on a pink tutu, butterfly wing, or fairy wings that look like butterfly wings. And then he's carrying a wand around and he had a gold tiara. And you can just imagine how impressed these people were by our son and I was like I kind of feel like we're taking away from the attention of the couple because we are at this gay wedding with our son dressed as a fairy which everyone was
1: just obsessed with and that is awesome
0: (laughs) well and then people were like coming up to us and they're like I just want you to know that, like my parents would have never let that happen and like you're just doing amazing things for your kid and everything and we were just like he just wanted to wear it like whatever but that's a great example which I think is extremely typical in four-year-olds, but yeah. often squashed. And he's gone through a lot of things like that where he – I mean, actually, just this morning, we spent 20 minutes looking for his fairy wand, and <laughs> which he hasn't had any interest in in, like, a few months. But all of a sudden, he wanted it, and we were like, okay, like, we have to find it. So it's funny. He, like, really, like – which I think is probably super natural for the age. He flows in and out of, like, one day, you know, he might wear his firefighter costume to school every day for five days straight. But then over the weekend, all of a sudden, or the next week at school, all of a sudden, it's all about back in the fairy costume and much more like female oriented play.
1: Yeah. And that's awesome. And it's great that you allow him to express himself that way.
0: Well, and we're lucky to be in Seattle because it's very socially acceptable to be anything. Yes. (laughs) So I understand that that is very much not the case in a lot of areas. So again, like showing up at this wedding, it was like just not even a big deal at all. And yeah. I, I know that in a lot of communities that would have been like horrifying to people to bring your child yes. <laughs> dressed up. I mean, yeah. So tell us, what is gender fluid?
1: So gender fluid, some people may use that term other than non-binary. So again, it might be you're feeling more okay. feminine one day. It might be more masculine another day. So it can be very fluid. Okay, So it's the
0: same as non-binary or interchangeable.
1: Yeah. Yep. And so the important thing about all these terms and labels is that you don't want to label or identify anybody without them telling you first how they identify. So you wouldn't want to say like, oh, that person is trans. You don't know that until you ask like, well, how do you identify? Because they might identify as non-binary or gender fluid. So So
0: you just said you can ask the person, how do you identify? Is that like a socially appropriate, like warm way to ask that question rather than like, well, what are you? I think we just don't know the language. A lot of people just don't know the language. And so you're wanting to be supportive, but like you don't even know how to ask things in a way that sounds empathic. And so So
1: the trick to that sometimes is asking what pronouns do you use? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. And so you may find that. that they use them, they. Okay. And you might find that they identify as he, she, or, you know, him, him, he, or she, her. So, yeah. So that is like the socially acceptable way of saying like, oh, what pronouns do you prefer? Okay. Or okay, what pronouns would you like me to use? Or what pronouns do you use? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that asking, I think we kind of mentioned at the beginning of this conversation is opening the dialogue and asking, I think is probably a big sense of relief Mm -hmm. because otherwise the other person is trying to figure out, like, how to work it in or how to bring it, you know, like, if you can open the door, then it's a lot easier conversation for everyone, I would imagine.
1: I find that with some of my clients, when they identify to somebody new that they're transgender, people automatically want to know what's in their pants. And really, Mm. that is nobody's business.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: But for some reason, a lot of people think like, that is everybody's business if you identify as transgender. So I think that's just important too, that you don't need to figure out where they are in their transition if they come out as transgender or if they're going to transition. That's more of a personal question. And so just leaving it to, okay, you use they, them, you identify as transgender. Cool.
0: Hey, mamas. I just wanted to pop in and give a little moment for our sponsor here. Our sponsor is Aptive. Aptive.com is an app that you put onto your phone, and then from there, you have workouts with personal trainers who are awesome and encouraging and supportive right in your earbuds. Or if you don't have your headphones plugged in, the voice just comes right out of your phone. So, super easy, super low maintenance. You can do workouts with professional trainers and great music, and you can get your workouts done right at home, or you can take your app with you when you go to the gym. You can pop on the treadmill with this app. I am a big fan of treadmill workouts, but I can't just go down a treadmill and like go endlessly at the same speed. So what I love about one of the components of the Active app is they have specialized treadmill workouts. So you can have a coach in your ear being like, okay, now bring up your pace to this and now we're gonna hold it for this long and all these things that make your workouts so much more enjoyable and so much less tedious than when you're just trying to coach yourself and pretend that you really, really wanna do what you're doing. Instead, you get a trainer telling you what to do and really taking the guesswork out and inspiring you to do your best in your workout on any given day. So if you want to try out Active and any of their huge library of different kinds of workouts from treadmill workouts to running, to walking, to weight training, to yoga, go ahead and go over to Aptive.com. That's A-A-P-T-I-V.com and use the code SMA30 to get your free 30-day trial. So again, that's active A-A-P-T-I-V.com and use the code SMA30 to start your free trial right away. And now back to our show. <laughs> That's a really important distinction. It's kind of and I don't mean to sound it's a parallel conversation. But I think that it's also a much easier conversation. So I don't mean this to sound dismissive of the huge conversation that can be around sexual orientation. But it's like right after you first get married, and people are like, when are you guys gonna have a baby? And people just like dive into this. And then as soon as you're pregnant, well, is it a boy or a girl? And when are you do and like, there's just can I touch your belly? There's like these invasive questions. And sometimes when you open the door a little bit people assume that they can like dive way in mm-hmm. and so it's good reminder to like just open the door and be okay with just like having some more outward facing things be identified and clarified but not necessarily needing to know all of it yeah and assuming that like people will share what they want to share over time
1: exactly exactly especially if you choose not to have children then you have to go into that whole conversation right. like how come It's <laughs> like oh right. I'm trying to catch the bus here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. We've had that a lot. And it's funny with about having a second child, people have asked. And when I talk about, and like anyone who listens to the podcast knows we went through failed IVF. Like we can't have a second child. We're not going to have a second child. But when people ask in public situations, (laughs) part of me wants to like, because I think it's just not cool to ask those questions unless you know the person reasonably well. So I kind of just want to be like, well, actually, we can't have more children. And we just found out.
1: and like, you know,
0: like, I almost like <laughs> want to make them uncomfortable. Because yes.
1: like, don't ask me that. Like, it's none of your business. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I could only imagine what that would be like if like somebody's asking me, well, do you still have your penis? <laughs> like, what? Right, yeah. Like, yeah. Are you planning on getting that thing cut off?
0: <laughs> right. Right. Totally. Are you taking the drugs? Are you going to grow boobs? Like, yeah. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you touched on a little bit, just again, to make it really clear for people, the difference between one's sex and one's gender.
1: All right. So the trick that I usually use with this one is sex is what's between your legs and gender is what's between your ears. So when you are born, people say the sex of the child is, which is not really fair because they don't check your chromosomes because you may have the genitalia of one gender or one sex when you actually are not going to identify as that gender. right? But yeah, so sex is what's between the legs and gender is what's between the ears.
0: Oh, that's such a great way to remember. I think that's a great way to talk to kids about, and you she mentioned earlier talking to kids about transgender, other children or adults or whatever, but just having that conversation about what their brain feels mm-hmm. and identifies. Yeah. Because that makes it a little more concrete. Yes. Absolutely. To identify it that way. Yeah. How can parents support children who they suspect might fit into any of these labels that we've just discussed?
1: I think it's important for parents to start off right from the beginning, almost as in blank parenting or like a blank slate where you don't put any expectations on what your child is going to be when they grow up in gender or sexual orientation, which can be really difficult because, you know, we are automatically programmed to get blue or pink stuff and then you pick out a name that might be male or female. But if as much as possible, be able to kind of go in between, like in the middle, and allow your child to experience and expand the way they feel fit. Because children don't have a filter. And if you allow them just to be them, they're going to figure things out easier, instead of feeling shamed if they feel like they're doing something wrong that you may not agree with. And open communication. So talking about this stuff, even from an early, early start, is a great way to kind of keep that open. So if your child is walking around in a fairy outfit in the superstore, like, you know, <laughs> you can talk about that. Like, you know, these costumes are for all kids, not just girl mm-hmm. kids. that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: My son had the benefit of being in a preschool classroom last year with nine girls and three boys. And it was so awesome, because I felt like for the boys, gender didn't exist. And for the girls, they were just all into fairies and princesses and whatever. (laughs) But it was really interesting because there was not a big division in terms of like the boys do this and the girls do this because there were so few boys that they just kind of got kind of got swooped up by the girls in that class who, who were strong leaders. This year, there's definitely it's still more girls in this class than boys, but there's more boys. And it's been interesting as he's like started here and there just saying things like, well, girls do this and boys do that. And again, because I'm in Seattle and we are like very conscious of how we say things around here. So I'm always like very conscious of correcting him. And he actually on the way home from school yesterday was saying something about like, well, girls can't do this. And I was like, oh, hold on. Like we are (laughs) going to stop right now. We are going to talk about what girls can and can't do. (laughs) Yes, yes. So yeah, really, but I think you have to be really mindful. And like, you know, being in a, like I said, I'm here in Seattle in a community that I think is extremely conscious of that. But I think that many people are not in communities like that. And so just being mindful of little things here and there that are said, I know we had my sister-in-law, totally out of love and support, made a comment to Vinny one day about he was upset about something. And she was like, no, you don't need to cry about that. Like boys need to be strong. And I was like, A part of me died. Yes. Uh. (laughs) I was like, no, like don't tell my I want my boy to cry a lot his whole life. Like I want my boy to express emotion. So even taking out like sexual orientation and all those things, Mm -hmm. I just want people to be like emotionally available human beings. And then if you have that, then I think that it opens the door for you to actually like live in your true self, whatever that might be, versus having identity issues around shame around emotion which also can play into identity issues around where your sexual orientation might lie
1: exactly exactly and i think that just starts off with great communication right out right right out of the hospital just keep talking to that that child (laughs) totally this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. How can we encourage
0: our children to be supportive of other kids who might be non-binary or gender expansive Or transgender. So they might see, and I think, again, depending on where you live, I think it's going to happen that you will have these situations, that you will have transgender children in your schools. Mm -hmm. I know that it's already happening here in Seattle. So these are conversations that we're going to be having to have. How can we kind of coach our kids to interact with other kids that they might perceive to be different than them?
1: I think it starts at home, too. And it starts from the adults in the school, because kids are going to take cues from us. And it's important that we know how we feel and how we're going to express that to the kids. And once kids realize that it's okay, that the no boy or girl toys, they're just toys for everybody. And once you start using that terminology at home, kids will start using that at school. If teachers are using that terminology at school, the kids are going to pick up on that too. But if, you know, if your child comes home and says, like, Sarah is not Sarah anymore. Sarah is now Shane. You can have a conversation around that and discuss, like, how do you feel about that? And, you know, do you know what that means? And, you know, really have open communication about that and talking about it and not making it almost like something that's crazy and weird or freakish, right? but just like it's an everyday thing. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's how we teach kids to be compassionate and communicate with other kids is that they take cues from us.
0: Right. When we went through IVF, we had a really interesting conversation with a social worker about talking to about how he was born and all these different things, which was super helpful. And she talked about like just keeping everything a science and keeping everything really factual. Because as adults, we have like all these life experiences and attitudes and beliefs about things. We tend to like put that on kids. And in reality, it's like these are all just basic facts. And so I know one of the things that has come up with Vinny is we have a neighbor down the street who is a war veteran and Both of his legs are cut off at the knee and then one of his arms is cut off at the elbow. So he's, I don't even know what it's three when you are triplegic, maybe. Okay. So, but so Vinny will notice him walking down the street. And the the first time he said anything, he goes, oh, look at that cute little man. Oh my (laughs) goodness. Oh my gosh. And he walks, he has these like little shoes that hook onto his knees. He's like, three and a half feet tall or something walking down the street. And I was like, oh my gosh. And this guy is not always super friendly. So I was like, oh, I'm not sure if he heard that. Like, I don't know. I don't think he heard anything. He didn't say anything. But I said, oh, yes. So he then asked, he said, why does he have those little shoes on there? I was like, oh, that helps him walk. So we've had these really factual conversations about people with different kinds of disabilities. And like, if someone's in a wheelchair and you say, oh, well, like the wheelchair helps them move from point A to point B. It helps them because, you know, they can't use their legs. But it's just this very factual stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not like hush, hush in secret. And I actually make an effort if we're walking down the street to like not whisper it in his ear, or make it seem weird because I'm assuming that the person approaching us in a wheelchair has had questions about it before. So I kind of, I'm like, if they want to talk about it with us, fine. But I'm just going to like openly say, Oh, they're in a wheelchair because they need help using yeah. their legs or they need help getting whatever. But then it just keeps it very factual versus like, I remember growing up and my mom would reference certain things and she would say, and totally again, like not intending anything negative or anything bad, but she would say, well, you know, they're gay and like it would like be this like whisper thing Mm -hmm. like out of the side of your mouth and like we think it might be that he's gay like and it was just and that's just how it was talked about but that takes away the factual basis of it when you make it this like whisper out of the side of your mouth weird facial expression Mm -hmm.
1: like and you put that all on your kid and if you think about it kids will take that because they understand transition pretty well I mean there is a prince that transitions to a frog in a lot of fairy tales, right? <laughs> right, no one questions it. <laughs> no, and if you talk to kids about transitions, you're like, oh yeah, that happens. Yeah, <laughs> because that's a part of the <laughs> They just take it in as is. We put our own stuff on it, but you know, there are things that happen in fairy tales all the time, and it's just like, yeah, that's normal. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree. There's a podcast called for crying out loud, which I love. And it's two women who host the show. And one of the women has a son, a son who's transgender. So he was born as a girl, a twin, actually. So she had two girls. And then one of them now has, and I think he's eight, but he's living as a boy. Mm -hmm. And it's been really, really interesting hearing her talk about it and hearing what she shared and hearing her talk about the other kids. And like, initially she was like, are we going to have to change schools? And like, it was very concerning. And as soon as like her son took the, opportunity to talk to his whole class and share was going on. And all of the kids were like, cool, okay, like, can we go to recess now? Like, it was (laughs) not a big deal. And he came home that day, just like, elated, like, I did it, everyone knows, like, now I'm me finally. And it was this really amazing thing. And she was like, the mom was just panicking, like, what's going to happen? Are they going to laugh? Are they going to, you know, what is it? And it was kind of a non-issue. Yeah. And it was so freeing for him that, like, he was able to share who he truly was. And everyone was just like, okay,
1: cool. Like, we're good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Little kids they just take things as they are. And that's yeah. it. It's just as we grow, we start taking on all this other baggage.
0: Right, right. Let's talk a little bit about the pronouns and why they're so important. I recently had an experience old gym member of mine sent out a, an email in lieu of a christmas card kind of thing and she said like this is what we've been going through over the holidays and she talked about her, one of her sons now being so identifying as non-binary because mm-hmm. identifying essentially is no gender Yeah, and so she's like so now they are using this name and i was like they is that a typo And so then she shared the name and then she kept referencing like them and they and there. And I was like, why is this all plural? It was very... And then she addressed at the end. She said, and you might notice my use of pronouns here. And this is actually how... I don't remember she used the terminology non-binary, but she said, this is how people like our child prefer to be referred to. And if so, if you could... Like, this is a learning curve for everyone, but if you could like do your best to follow suit and that would be great and everything. I mean, it was a very nice letter, but it's the first time I'd heard of that. And I know how powerful... From hearing transgender people talk about pronouns, I know how powerful that can be. So can you talk a little bit about the significance of pronouns and then specifically around using those plural ones for non-binary
1: people? So something that I like to think about is use they, them, their until proven different, right? So if okay. you automatically try to place a gender on somebody, it's not your job to place a gender on anybody. So even if you're not sure what pronoun anybody is using, using they, them, is fine. Or just using their name instead. So, what one person I worked with explained the they, them pronoun to me as was you know, people are used to it as a plural thing. And in this type of setting, you're using it as a singular. It blows every English teacher's mind, I'm sure.
0: I'm the person who gets really upset if an apostrophe is missing or misused. So yes, I was like, why? This email is like, what's going on?
1: Yes, riddled (laughs) with bad things. (laughs) Totally. I need a red pen to put some X's in here. (laughs) And so they explained it as, you know, I feel like two people. I feel like two genders. And so that's why I would use they, them, because I identify as two different genders into one. And so that's why they use they, them, but other people might feel that it's just more fitting to them than yeah. the he, him, or she, her pronouns. Right.
0: Yeah. That's super helpful. I really like that. Totally helps clarify.
1: But using they, them to refer to anybody is okay. Cause nobody's going to be like, right. Oh, why do you use they, them? They obviously appear right. to be female. It's not right, your job right. to gender anybody.
0: Right? No, that totally makes sense. What else do you want us to know about sex and gender? What have I missed?
1: Oh, my goodness. I could talk about this all day. I know, So many things. So many things.
0: Is there anything in particular that needs to be shared?
1: That there are adults that go through life and do not transition until later in life. That's a thing. It's not just Caitlyn Jenner, but there are other right. people out there. And... I guess it could be a difficult topic to talk about if your child identifies as transgender and you start going through hormone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people can be a bit judgmental on that. Mm -hmm. And I even have a friend who will say like, I don't believe in transitioning before you're 18 because you don't really know, your brain's not fully developed. And I have to bite my tongue sometimes because I've had this conversation over and over again. But Mm -hmm. when you have a child who is saying that, Their outside does not match what their brain and what their heart is. Your child knows. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't need to wait until you're 18, because if you wait until you're 18, sometimes your child doesn't make it till 18 because they're not living in their authentic selves. And the statistics that show that people who regret transitioning is a very, very low percentage. And sometimes that low percentage is because society pressure.
0: Mm hmm. Can you tell a little bit about the statistics of people who don't make it because they haven't taken advantage of the opportunity or haven't maybe had the opportunity to transition?
1: Suicide is very high in the LGBT community. I don't know any numbers specifically right now, Mm. but it's very high. And a lot of it has to do with teenagers or young kids not able to express who they are or feeling that extreme shame of having to suppress who they are. There's a higher incident of HIV. Among the transgender community as well, and the LGBT community, and drug use. So it's a shame. It's like if we're not allowed to live as our true, authentic selves, and it's just a very sad and depressing situation to be in.
0: Well, and I think if you think of it as like if someone told me today that I had to start living as a boy, and I was like, these are the clothes that you're going to wear when you're a boy now, and here's how we're going to cut your hair because you're a boy. Like that would be ridiculously unsettling and uncomfortable. Yeah. So if you think about being born that way, if you're born feeling like this stuff doesn't match, like you said, like the inside and the outside doesn't match. If you're born feeling that way, then like you're feeling that way every day. You're feeling that like you're being told that you have to be someone that you're not every day. That's really, really uncomfortable. And a
1: lot of times punished if you're not going to act that way. Yeah. Right, right.
0: Yeah, so that's where you end up having a lot of the mental health issues around depression and anxiety that can lead to suicidal tendencies and successful suicides and these really scary things or escapism through drugs and alcohol and sex and all these other things, because like at some point you can't resolve these feelings, they will be extremely damaging.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yep. And one of the things that people should know is that if you're in a conversation with somebody and you use the wrong pronoun, don't make a big deal about correcting yourself in front of everybody like the oh my gosh I'm so sorry I meant they them you can always just correct yourself and then take that person to the side and just say like hey I'm sorry I'm really trying that's an important thing to kind of know to not make a big scene don't make a big scene because then it's just like oh my gosh now I gotta out myself if other people don't know and you know it's a big thing yeah so right yeah
0: again back to the pregnancy relate parallel if you know maybe half the group knows that someone's pregnant the other half doesn't and if you're trying to like keep things on the down low and someone says something and then they make a big deal about it and you're like great so now like now this is a big thing and now you've like exposed me and so again i think that i don't want to minimize the gender situation compared to the pregnancy situation but i think that that's something that a lot of us can relate to when you like have this thing that you're working through Mm -hmm. and it's work in progress. Mm -hmm. And when someone exposes you in a certain way or makes a big situation, a big deal, then that can be extremely uncomfortable and cause some regression. Exactly. Yeah. I would imagine. And
1: and they're called microaggressions too. And it's like having a mosquito bite, you know, one mosquito bite is like, okay. But then once you get a whole bunch of mosquito bites, you can't stand it anymore. You know, you need to do something to relieve yourself of that suffering the same thing with microaggressions, you know, one person uses the wrong pronoun or uses the wrong name or gives you kind of a sly look. After a while, it just gets to be too much.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. That makes sense. It's that compound effect over time. Yes. So tell us about the legacy you're building and how does being shameless play into your legacy?
1: So I think that my legacy, I really want to educate the world about Transgender identifying people. And this is especially in schools and companies. I've worked with massage therapists who, you know, there are certain things you should know when you're working with somebody who might identify as transgender or may not tell you that they're transgender, but when you're massaging their body, there's probably some things you probably should know. And so I want to be the person that helps teach schools and teach companies about what it means to be trans supportive or trans friendly and leave that legacy of being able to help change the world for the good in that way.
0: I love that. I love that. Thank you. I mean, I just think it's really important work and it's only going to continue to be more and more important because there's so much light is being shed on all of this. And I think it's fantastic that there's becoming such a much bigger, broader understanding of it. So, thank you for helping us define all the terms and yes. <laughs> talk through all the questions. So, I want to go through our lightning round with you in just okay. a minute. But before that, before we do our lightning round, I want to tell us where we can find you.
1: You can find me at melissa at prideconnections.com. And you can contact me if you have any questions or if you work at a school, you need somebody to come and talk to your teachers. Summertime's in; all those professional development days need to be used up. Yeah. It's a fun training, very educational. So you're going to walk out of there knowing something and not feeling like you wasted a few hours. And so, you know, if anybody's looking for any of that, they can contact me, Melissa at prideconnections.com. Nice. And you live your East Coast? I'm East Coast, but I'll travel, baby.
0: I was going to say, <laughs> I know, I mean, if you'll go to the Philippines, you probably will, yes. there's a lot of I know you're going to London in November. I'm working on making London happen for
1: me as well. Nice. I'm going to Costa Rica next week, actually.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So cool. So cool. So, yeah. So you're open to working anywhere. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Okay. So lightning round. What is your favorite way to treat yourself?
1: Ooh, my favorite way to treat myself? Laying on the couch with my dog, watching Investigation Discovery Channel.
0: (laughs) Ooh, fun. Current book that you're reading or the last one you read?
1: I am reading... Good morning, beautiful business, by Judy Wicks.
0: Ooh, that sounds like a fun read.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you
0: like business stuff, yes. I'm sure other people are like that. Does not sound fun. Yes. <laughs> What's one morning ritual you can't live without?
1: Oh, that would be drinking a bunch of water, like just down a whole bunch of water first thing in the morning. It gives me that zip to get going. It rehydrates me. I don't do it, like if I'm on vacation, I just feel like sludge. So yeah, that's one thing I can't deal without.
0: Did you feel like you were missing water in the
1: Philippines? Now I drank it every morning from those bottles. <laughs> those bottles were so little. So they
0: would leave these like little tiny water bottles in our room. And I felt like each bottle was like Half of what I needed. So we
1: stopped and got <laughs> and, a couple of gallons before. Oh, we that's got right. There. You got. Yeah. That's
0: right. You got it on the way. So I was constantly calling, asking them to bring more water to my room because we couldn't <laughs> drink the tap water. So I was like, "Can I get more water? Can I get more water?" I'm sure they were like, "God, this girl in 706 can't stop with yes. the water." <laughs> so, who is your biggest inspiration?
1: So I am very lucky that I have a lot of inspirations, but I would say my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Lamb. She made such an impact in my life when my parents were divorcing. We stayed in touch throughout me going to college. She helped me get through grad school because I'm dyslexic and I can't write. She corrected all my papers for me. she wow. yeah she and her husband never had kids and they've kind of taken me on as their daughter now. so I just spent 10 days at their house house sitting so they can travel. They haven't been able to travel until the past 10 years. So I believe like she's my biggest inspiration because she held my hand. And really guided me through a really tough time when I was 10 years old and stuck with me throughout my life. And, you know, she's taught me so much. And yeah, she's such a great person. And I just want to be somebody else's Mrs. Lamb someday.
0: That is so cool. Yeah, I love that's so great. If you could give all moms one superpower,
1: what would it be? And why? Oh, what would it be? You already have supersonic hearing. So I can't give you that superpower. (laughs) We totally do. I would say if I could give you superpower, it would be able to get restful sleep every single night.
0: Oh, that would be so heavy. Right?
1: You know, I got into bad sleeping patterns and it was so bad where I couldn't figure out how to drive home. Like I was just so depleted. Wow. And once I figured out my sleeping schedule and how important it was, my life completely changed around. So that's why Sean Stevenson's book, Sleep Smarter. uh,
0: (laughs) I was just going to say, are you going to throw Sean Stevenson's name out there?
1: Yeah, because, you know, when I read that book, I'm like, yes, there's somebody else that understands the importance of sleep. It can change your life. Sean Stevenson has a
0: fantastic book. He's also a fantastic human being who makes everyone want to be a better person. So I will link to that book here in the show notes. And then he has his podcast as well. The Model Health Show. Yes. Not the model show. Model they just show. hit so, their yeah.
1: 10 million downloads. And I would like I to know. say like five million is probably me. <laughs> is,
0: <laughs> is that yeah, 10 million downloads. It's so crazy. But yeah, he's fantastic. He's a really great resource on sleep and just all things related to health and self care. So all right, Melissa, this has been so fun. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us in the Shameless Mom Academy. And I'm really grateful for the work that you're doing and putting out there. And I applaud you for being Brave and Bold, starting your new podcast. Yes. And yes, yeah, so we will make sure that we link to everything. I'm totally putting you on the spot, but do you have a launch date for your podcast?
1: Well, see, I want it to be at the end of June of this year because okay. June okay. is Pride Month where okay. a lot of people celebrate being LGBTQIA. Right. And so I really want to have this awesome launch party at one of the gay bars. So yeah, we're waiting nice. to the end of June.
0: Okay, end of June. So people in the meantime can follow you over on prideconnections.com. Yes, yep. Okay, cool. We can all stock that website while we wait for the big announcement of the podcast release. Yes. So thank you for joining us. This has been really, really helpful. Um, in addition to helping all the people you're helping in your own community by coming out other people's shows and sharing Your knowledge and wisdom and experiences, it really helps grow awareness and help other kids and families who are facing some of these questions and not knowing how to handle it all. So thank you so much.
1: And thank you for what you do. I mean, I think it's great that, you know, there's moms out there that are just really awesome and just like rocking things. And you highlight that (laughs) awesomely. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, we will
0: talk again soon. We'll have to have you come back on after you've had the podcast for a while and we can further discuss this
1: issue. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you for
0: so much for spending time with Melissa and I today in the Shameless Mom Academy. Again, any links mentioned in today's episode can be found over at the show notes if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 126. Additionally, please do share this episode. I mentioned it at the beginning, but I'm mentioning it here again. Now that you're done listening, please share this episode. There was a lot of information in here that can be very helpful and very supportive to children and families who might be facing some of the things that we talked about today. And I think that growing the understanding of this terminology and growing the understanding of what is actually going on if someone is feeling different on their insides than they are maybe showing on their outsides can be really, really helpful to help us all have a better understanding and more compassion and empathy as we see people really try to shine and show themselves as they truly are. So please do share this episode. Lastly, if this was your first time joining us in the Shameless Mom Academy, we do have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So you can get all episodes as soon as they're released. If you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, that will drop you into iTunes, which will allow you to subscribe. There'll be a little button there. You hit subscribe and you will get access to our shows as soon as they're released. They will show up on your device in your podcast app. And you can also leave a review while you're there. So again, over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review, please leave us a review. Let Melissa and I know what you thought of today's episode. We really appreciate you tuning in and spending time with us. So thank you again for joining us today. I hope you learned something new. I know I learned a lot of new things I'm very excited about, and please do come back again. We'll be back in just a few days with a new episode. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.